What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there, or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which is... Uh, huge in helping strangers find the podcast and uh just uh spreads this thing out on the national and international levels and it's just a great way to contribute to the sustainability and the growth of this thing appreciate the hell out of the folks that have already taken the time to do so if you're not listening on itunes um just subscribe wherever you're listening to so uh you know when those new episodes hit the feed and you can also find the podcast on Spotify now, as well as some monthly playlists that I've been dropping every first of the month. So the April one just came out yesterday and that is up there. It's in my link tree. If you just hit the Spotify playlist there on the, uh, the Instagram link tree and you can also find the Dan Cable presents shirts there and mugs, all kinds of stuff, all those links will be in the episode notes for you so you can keep up with it. Hope everybody's been enjoying those I Dig Records volumes that have been coming out every other week. This past week, we just did Asia from Steely Dan, the iconic 1977 record from uh, the incredible minds of Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. Just incredible, man. Crazy record fun to dive deep into that one so if you're a steely dan fan or not i would uh i would encourage you to 
check out that I Dig record series. And uh, we're doing the Third Eye Blind self-titled record for the next volume. So I'm, I'm pumped to dive into the the soundtrack to my formative years. But uh, this week on the podcast, episode 248, super stoked to have Strange Hotels back on the podcast. I met these guys a couple years back here in Portland, Oregon, before they they took off to LA. And uh, the first time I got to hang with these dudes, they seemed to hit it off quickly. And I've just really enjoyed any interaction or hang that I've had with them since then. And uh, they're one of the best live bands that I've seen out of this city and a show that I always look forward to seeing. So I'm, uh, I'm stoked that these dudes are getting, getting back to, to playing some music here pretty soon, more regularly, and would encourage you to, to check out all the music that they have available. We're going to feature some tunes throughout the episode, of course, but just some incredibly nice dudes, Ben and Nick, who have been playing music together since they were kids back in Minnesota. So they've been they've been doing it together for a long time. So I was stoked that they uh that they're still feeling the fire to to do the thing and uh you know just want to keep making music together and and seeing where this path leads. They've been doing the Strange Hotels thing for a few years now, and I just feel like everything they've put out has been so fucking good. So it was it was awesome to catch up with them. They they took off to L.A. a couple years ago or so and uh, hadn't got to speak with them much since then. But uh, check out my Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel. That features a few live... Strange Hotels videos from my favorite venue in Portland, the Doug Fur. So those are up there. That was from this incredible night. Killer lineup of Autonomics, Gold Casio, and Strange Hotels. Definitely highlight real moment for me here in Portland, Oregon, since coming up here about eight years ago now. And uh, definitely... Definitely one for the memory book there. So check out those videos. And then they also have this really awesome video of them playing the Crystal Ballroom. And their song, Jackknife. I'll put all those links in the episode notes as well. Other than that, I hope everybody is doing well out there. Finding some joy in your life during these crazy times. Seems like we're closer and closer to some sense of normalcy and things opening up a little bit more. The sun is starting to shine a little more consistently here in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm stoked for that. And, uh, I'm excited to see more and more live shows popping up. A lot of outdoor shows going on. I know produce row here in Portland, Oregon has got stuff going on. Alberta street pub. So, uh, yeah, check your check your local listings again. I think you're gonna start seeing musicians announcing shows and whatnot. And looks like a lot of the big festivals are maybe on for later in the summer. And I am about it. 
And uh, like I said, all those links in the episode notes. Keep up with Strange Hotels. I promise you will you will not regret keeping up with these dudes and checking out all of their music. We're going to kick off episode 248 with a single these guys put out last year. It's called Broke is Expensive. Let's do the damn thing. Probably been, has it been like two years since you guys moved it's out? Been about, it's, it's been a year and a half. We moved um, October of 2019. And um, we had about like five months here before the pandemic happened. And then we've been somehow clinging on by a thread and staying here the whole time. Um, which has been tough, but also like I'm so glad that we're still here. Yeah. It would have been like a real big blow to just like pack it up. But it was tempting a couple, like many times because of the global catastrophe and all. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like you guys uh, took off uh, to LA rather 
like abruptly, like an opportunity arose quickly. And all of a sudden there was this, uh, just like, Hey, we're playing one last show at the Kennedy school. And then we're moving to LA. And I happened to get to go to that show. <laughs> That's exactly how that went down. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty abrupt. I got to, uh, see that show and, uh, bring some friends out to, to yeah, see that was, That's right. That was, that was a, that was a super, um, super weird last show like we like i'd never played the kennedy school before like mcminimins is fine but like it's not it's not the jam of all jams ever <laughs> and um and it was just a really funny last show before i moved us like god it was so much better like the doug fur the wicker and store we, we didn't like post on instagram or like tell anybody that we were leaving until just like like it was yeah, like and a we're week gone. before and we're gone because <laughs> we had been to be fair we had been thinking about it for a while but but you're right there was actually kind of like an abrupt opportunity that came up we also, kind of like spent, a we also spent a lot of time in la over the past like eight years so it didn't feel as like it doesn't feel that far away you know what i mean it's a day's yeah. drive right right yeah um yeah what did kind of spark um you guys moving down there though i know you said you were thinking Dude, about it but like what was it was the combination of a bunch of crazy faithful things all happening all at the same time so like uh a few months prior like in june um or i would say in may it was only a couple months before that um we were like we had been trying to book this tour down the coast because we we do that all the time you know and we're like still have maintained like a few contacts um from lower 48 that we like can just hit up and and just get up and down you know and we we had been talking about this one club that we used to play as lower 48 in la called davy waynes and ben was like whatever happened to that dude like like do we still have that booker's number and it's like i think we had played it one time before the strange hotels right ben uh yeah, and then once, yeah. We played it one time before and then the booker just never was getting back to me. Like I had him on text and I kept bugging bugging him because I was like, yo, dude, like, he was real he was real sketchy too. He was like he was always sketchy. like trying to like not pay us or like just give us drink tickets. Like basically if you've ever seen Atlanta, the episode where they he's in the club like the club one. Such he was a good like episode. He, that's such a good episode. It's like yeah, oh, it's so <laughs> yeah. Good. He was but like he was like that guy. He was kind of like that guy, really shady, disappearing behind like like fake walls and like bookcases and secret passages. But anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, he, he I he got back to me finally. It was just like, hey, dude, I'm not doing the booking for that club there anymore. So like, and I was just like, oh, well, can you pass me off to like the next guy who is? And he was just basically like kept dodging that. And I was like, dude, can you just give me the next dude's number? And he's just like, well, I don't really have any interest in doing that because I'm not getting paid to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was just like, and then I was just like kind of finally like, dude, come on, dude, please. And then he just, he just sent it to me. It was like finally. I like <laughs> and, then, it. and then it turned <laughs> out it was the sound guy who we'd actually been cool with when we played there before. And he was like, he really into, was into our set. And when we started playing yeah. there, it was like, they only gave us 30 minutes. It was like very LA. They're like, like 30 minutes off. Like you're getting cut off no matter what at the end. And then um, it turned out yeah. that the sound guy was booking all the shows. And what yeah, happened and then? I, I got on the, 
I got on the phone with him and I was just like, I remember him being like, hello. And then I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? Uh, This is a dude, uh, you know, a friend of Adrian's, the other booker. And then he was like, oh yeah, okay. I'm doing the book. And I was just like, wait a second, Scott, is that you? And he's like, oh yeah, dude, what's up? (laughs) And then we just had this moment and he was like, yeah, uh, you guys were my favorite band that's ever played there. And I'm booking the residencies for Davey Wayne's now which is every Tuesday, like basically like, do you guys want to come do one? Cause you were like the first band that I thought of, even though he didn't even have my number. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, dude, like for sure. Like when, and he was like June. And I just like basically <laughs> called Ben back immediately. And was like, yo dude, Scott wants us to do play every Tuesday, Davey Wayne's in June. And Ben was like, it's a, it's we a have really, to do it. It's a really sweet place. Um, it's got this old school sort of, um, approach where they have their own built-in draw so you're not i mean they, uh, we've kind promoted, of like a ron tom we've, we've we've promoted every time we've played there um but they they bring in the people and it's and it's always a free show <clears throat> and it's got this amazing vibe it's small and intimate and it sounds really good it's like it's ideal for a band who doesn't have a draw in la for basically. sure it's kind of like it's kind of like a Ron Tom Sunday session only in the middle of Hollywood. So instead of a bunch of like hipsters in Portland, it's like, you know, like a bunch of like industry, like, um, and a know, bunch of ma- type a bunch of people of, that, but a, a bunch of maniacs too. <laughs> a lo- yeah. Quite a few maniacs. The LA party scene does not fuck around. No, not at all. Yeah. So anyways, like this Dude. is really long. So it's really long-winded. I'm going to speed it up. That's all right. But like essentially, in, essentially you're more of like the house band in that situation. Exactly. People are going out exactly. to the club yep. almost, like in some This place matter. has a built-in vibe and a ridiculous pile of regulars who line up every night down the block to get in there. And it is just like yeah, lining down the we, block. So we get to just we just get to go play and slowly and promote so every Tuesday. They extended our set longer and longer and longer throughout June. We were only, it was crazy. We just lived in LA for a month in June. And um, that, that doesn't even tie in the, the place we got to stay at, which was a crazy fateful yeah. thing. Yeah. It was, it was, we ended up, we stayed at some like, like this movie stars house for a month and played there for a month. And basically <laughs> Had the best month all came of together. living in LA that we've ever had. Like the first <laughs> month when we didn't even live there yet, <laughs> and then it's 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 been all downhill from there. Yeah, we made tons <laughs> of friends, and and we're getting we're re- received really well. And and Scott was just like, dude, I want you guys to come back. And then we basically just decided when we got back from that, we came back to Portland. We're just like we have to move to LA, and then we were in LA by the end of September. Yeah, and we were just hoping we would move there and get a permanent residency there, and we just did. We like bribed we, our way in. We rehearsed. We basically we we rehearsed for like thirty days in a row, being like, "This needs to work." And then we went back at another residency October. By the end of that one, they were like, "No, this is just this is what Tuesdays are here now." It was really it was nice for sure. I would imagine like all the previous work you guys had done on the road the way that you were playing sets and kind of playing some of those longer two to three hour sets on the road made that transition pretty easy for you guys then to to take over those residencies regularly 
Yes, yeah, made, sure. we were we were like the perfect fit for that place. It was a really good fit, and um, it was also just a really great way to get to just try stuff every week and um, in a place where we didn't know that many people being like, oh, we're playing next Tuesday. And then, then be, oh, I'm busy. Instead of being like, well, we're playing again in three months. It was like, well, we're playing next Tuesday too. Yeah. And then went after that. And then went after that. And so it was like, it was, it was a good way to build like momentum that was focused around our live music. For sure. Uh, but yeah, that's all gone. But <laughs> that, that was a nice conversation. <laughs> Basically, yeah, the pandemic happened. You got like three, three months of that. Four. Yeah. And But yeah, then it just, you know, obviously live music's been gone. Um, we've, we actually just played our first show on Saturday, this past Saturday night in Santa Barbara um, in like eight months. What was that like? <laughs> Great. Right? It was amazing. We we actually both luckily got vaccinated recently. We like scored, <laughs> like one of our friends just got the hookup, and so it was pretty nice to like go there and not be like super worried about. COVID. We we also we also had COVID uh, for a while too in in early January, so we've gone through we've had the whole we've run the gamut of experiences. <laughs> Honestly, like this is probably it's probably as relatable for so many people. It's like, oh yeah, I lost my job and like my entire way of like living and like right fi- finding meaning in the world, and I had to find new new reasons to live basically. Um, and then we got COVID, and I was like, oh, it's just this part of the the like shitty TV show I live in now. Yeah, yeah. The fucking and- the band that moved out to LA to make it. <laughs> this is this is uh what's what's shaking out yeah but honestly like we've made some so many amazing friends this year and like it's just it's been um it's still been amazing to be here i still wouldn't i wouldn't rather be anywhere else we got back, we got back to portland for a month in the summer it's all blur i'm sorry it's really hard to like even like talk about the last year and a half yeah like, i don't even like remember I'm usually really good with specific months and days and what happened when and shit. And, it's been uh, weird, man. It's been fucking yeah, I, weird. I, Even for somebody been, like yeah. me who's maintained their day job throughout the entire thing, it's still been weird. And I, yeah. you know, have to maintain some. Yeah, what has that been like? I don't know. It's it's just been kind of. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I I'm, I just go to work and then I go home pretty much. You know, there's yeah, not too much totally. more to it, except I go to a place where I see people every day right. and that's For sure. the most, I guess. Yeah. That's where I have normalcy, I guess. And where things haven't shifted mm-hmm. so much. Um, the, the first three months, I think we're just like complete shock. And like, I barely remember anything from like March, April, May. And then when the, like the George Floyd uprising happened, we, basically hadn't seen anybody in three months and we like went to like several several protests and we started bringing our drums i saw you guys out there strap up this thing and like our whole goal is to like come and like support people of color who you know had megaphones and were chanting and like just to give like a simple backbeat so you can like 
you can string, you can unite people around one rhythm and one voice and like you can string together different parts. And, but we kept going and going and going. So we, we kind of got like good at it. We like arranged it. It became this really amazing form of like <clears throat> live music for a whole different purpose. You know, it's like, you're not entertaining people. You're like, it's more like being at war, like the, the what music does for soldiers. Like it, it was really wild, but it was like the first, it was the first musical thing we did in public uh, during the pandemic. And we were, we were up and we did it started in LA and then we came up to Portland to do some recording in July. Right. And we did a, and then that's when shit was cracking off in Portland. Yeah. And so we were down there most nights and yeah, and that feels running into some people that we ran into in LA at that protest. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's like, hey, drummers from LA. <laughs> it's funny. Have you guys had the opportunity to like, are you in a, a space where you can at least play live together? Like at, at mm -hmm. the house or anything? Or are you... Not right now. Oh, so you've been super disconnected from actually getting we... to play together. Yes. Yeah, the, the that was the first time, like Ben said, that we played together in like months and months and months. Uh, it was insane. It was all just like all of the same shit was stored in our memories. Like the whole set was just still there. Yeah. It was, it was really far out to just be yeah. like I I, tr I tried to go over the set before we played because I was like oh I need to think about some shit that I need to do and I just like I was like there's nothing I can't I can't even remember a single thing that we do and then just yeah. as soon as we started playing I was just like oh I remember literally everything we do I was just watching my hands this is on Saturday at our first show I was just watching my hands do the transitions preemptively and being like, what's, what's that do? Why is it going over there? Oh, that's right. Turn the phaser off for the course or whatever the fuck. Uh, just muscle memory. It, it was totally just stored in the, in the muscles and the gear. It was really wild. We have been able to record music in our apartment a lot, but, um, but in terms of just like setting up and doing what we do really loud, there's been, it's been fucking zilch. Yeah. You feel like it's forced any sort of different creativity out of the both of you as far as writing new music? Definitely. I hope so. Definitely. I got like, uh, I got my Roland drum pad, you know, those like sampler pads um, hooked up to the computer. And I like made this drum kit inside of Logic. So you can play the pads and all the, all the drum sounds have dynamics. So it actually like sounds a lot like a real drum set. And um, I've been doing that. It's like really like streamlines, like recording drums, because obviously you can play them at any volume and like comp anything or beat correct stuff or whatever. No, we live, in, we live in an apartment building full of like a bunch of fussy people who don't like noise. So... We also have some dear neighbors in this building if any of them are listening. But <laughs> but but yeah, the noise complaints we quickly learned we're like we're loud asshole neighbors in this building. So <laughs> we've had to curtail it. Yeah, you obviously talk about the you know, how fucking brutal this year has been, especially for people like yourselves that make money playing music and this is definitely the uh 
the career for everyone you, have, you know that you've uh the path that you've walked down so is there is there been points where you guys have had conversations during this like whether this would like completely derail the project or did you kind of always have you been pretty confident that this thing would persevere through the pandemic and whatnot we had a couple conversations towards the beginning about how we might need to either move out of la for a little while or we might need to like move out of our apartment and find something cheaper or just call some sort of crazy audible but uh i think the pretty much the entire time aside from like the first three crazy manic weeks it's been like yeah we're still going to make this work however we got to do it we're still going to like get through this shit and we also like were it was apparent to us though like yeah our, our situation was shitty in a lot of ways like our main source of income being live music being gone so forth um all that all that stuff that all like on on the flip side our whole band lives in the same apartment which is just us two like we were forced inward um when this happened and we've gotten along amazingly well the entire time it's like it's 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 crazy we, i mean we you know we share a car we share money we live together we share this goal and this dream and instead of this really wild like capsizing of the whole thing for a year fucking up shit between me and nick we've just like taken care of each other and like talked through and and like helped each other get through this together this year so no, there wasn't ever a moment where we were worried, like, oh shit, like we have to go our separate ways or life's pointing us in different directions. It was like, you know, at worst comes to worst, we may be considered leaving LA, but I don't think yeah, it was it. ever it would have been together. We would have moved forward together no matter what. So there in that part it was awesome. Like that's one of the good things that's come out of this. That it's just like we have this really strong bond and like a real core foundation didn't this didn't even shake it yeah yeah i mean you guys have known each other since you were you were kids so it's mm -hmm. it's cool to uh i don't know man it's been it's been cool to see what people have done kind of during this time and the people that have right. like kind of chosen to continue on and figure out how to make music at this time or um, right it's like it's just been a feels like it's been a pressure cooker for everybody like the things that were weak in your life are revealed to be weak and the things that are strong are, are proven yeah. to be strong Absolutely. and i yeah i think that's just been going around like for everybody everybody i talked to said the craziest year of their life right. basically and um it was just really nice to see that this stood the test um that that's been actually really comforting it's like oh what i was up to before was pretty at least like in line with what i really want to be doing because this didn't scare me away from wanting to keep like following my dream yeah i would imagine both of you are pretty fucking fired up about the music that you've been making since starting this project and that also fuels the fire to like want to like see it through and not just kind of give up on moving out there and having to pack it up and not get to like yeah. fully explore that opportunity, especially if we are maybe a couple months out from 
you know, seeing shows more regularly and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So we were actually like laughing at one point because, uh, <clears throat> because <laughs> we were talking about like with the pandemic and just, you know, we lost everything. We didn't know when the vaccine was coming. We didn't know anything that those first couple of months. I just remember we were like doing like brainstorming. We were just like, like, maybe like are we gonna have to like do something else for a little bit and then i just remember just like having this laughing fit because i was like dude i don't even know what like i don't even have any other employable skills (laughs) this is like actually weirdly our best bet at making it through is music business somehow we're like we're laughing we're just like dude this is all we got yeah <laughs> got to make we, it work <laughs> we paint we painted ourselves in a corner um on purpose and it's just kind of like so yeah i know it's just like it's been too long we can't we can't turn back so yeah. i was talking to my dad and he's like yeah i don't know maybe you could be a dentist i was like <laughs> a dentist <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> yeah, bruh. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's insane, dude. Like in terms of that, it didn't even it didn't even shake the the true foundation of this. We never were like, am I gonna have to go be like an alcoholic English professor? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure my family yeah, would love. That's that's good to hear. Um, I was thinking back and when you guys first came on the podcast a couple of years back, I hadn't even, I hadn't seen you guys play live yet at that time. And I will have to say, I've seen a lot, I saw a lot of shows in Portland pre pandemic and, uh, a strange hotel show like is up there on the, on the highlight reel. I've seen a handful of them and like. They are uh, something I think are hard to walk away from and not um, remember moments from it. It's very like this undeniable experience. I was really stoked that even though the Kennedy School is like maybe kind of a weird room for music, you know, and and like you said, Ben, you know, yeah, Doug Fur, the liquor store, something else would have been cooler. But nonetheless, you know, it was cool to like for people to see that show i felt like because if there was like one band i would want some friends to see a portland band i would be like oh this is like the show because it's it's very much this experience that you guys uh seem to put together and it's uh it kind of creates a world man like so thank you man and i just think it's very like so engaging with everything <clears throat> both of you do like you're both doing so much during the live show which is so, so fun much. to watch uh, as an audience member and i think even to maybe a casual music listener there that's like very apparent that you're both mm. doing a lot to like uh, make this happen and maybe yeah, you know i really appreciate you saying that dude thank you yeah. yeah dude thank you that means a lot i i think like we might have touched on this in the on the last podcast but we like didn't <laughs> we tried to not be doing that much when we started the band we tried everything other than that we tried to do backing tracks we tried to play to a quick track like we tried to 
essentially like sequence our set more like digitally and uh we just tried didn't have considering adding a band member oh yeah that's right we, we considered <laughs> having more band members i didn't even think about that and then um and it just none of it made sense and us just full circus acting using all our limbs and singing at the same time just i don't know that's just that's just what we got pulled towards and uh i dude i'm that means a lot i'm really glad you like it there's so many great bands in portland so it's like really that's really nice to hear and um we're just really we're really lucky to have each other we were you know we're more than the sum of our parts uh when we play together yeah man and mixtape two wasn't out yet um when that's we talked right. that time and so a lot a lot happened like since that first conversation um, so much but i th- i feel like i was listening to mixtape two a lot today and um i feel like that record really kind of captured more of the essence of that live show and that mm-hmm. that energy you know and like and uh maybe some of the the fatter instrumental breaks give it that opportunity to like create that world or that experience of that live show, which I thought was so cool. Like the three floor walk up. That's one of my favorite tracks, like in your whole catalog of tunes. We started on 
Start on iPhones, and then we got iPads. I was gonna ask you guys if if that if you're still working on this primitive bullshit no, GarageBand no. software, no. or if you had evolved no. your uh, your techniques. We're we're fully in logic. We're fully in just logic, logic boys now. But like it was cool. Like the limitations of the iPad, we like maxed it out. We pushed it. It was more like working with an old eight track tape player. Like there were so many limitations that you had to work around and then you would arrive at more creative things because as a result um but after mixtape two was it took so long because of the ipads that we we're just like dude fuck this like <laughs> it really did <laughs> yeah you're just like i just want to turn up the drums on that one chorus it's like all right we gotta bounce down a couple of tracks. <laughs> oh man dude paste it back time. in so brutal hey. Anytime you wanted to do automation leveling, <laughs> when you had this full session, you had yeah. to bounce something fucking down and go find it. And it was like, you couldn't even title what you bounced on. So you'd like, remember it. Yeah. That's <laughs> you'd awesome. like, it remember like the this, number. This pressure every time you had one little thing that you wanted to change and you knew the session was full, it'd be like, you'd listen to it. We got to do that, but let's do it later. You knew the other guy was yeah. gonna like fucking kill you if you said you wanted to change the mix, <laughs> yeah. and so it had to be it had to be like really, really worth mentioning. Oh, dude, that's so good. <laughs> but now we're just like on a laptop, and it's just like as fast as could be. It's crazy. Our shit is. I mean, you won't be able to see this on the podcast, but like, I mean, this this can, like we have one keyboard, one amp. The laptop goes there, one drum machine, and like a microphone. And that's 90% of what we need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. I remember you guys invited me to the space to come check out some of those those songs off of Mixtape 2 before that, they dude. were even put out. And uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, this is uh, this is diving deeper into the, into the world. You know, it seemed like you guys were just really kind of buzzing and and feeding off each other's creativity you know and just like really exploring that world heavy yeah. as like producers in some ways and yeah i don't know that one just has so many moments like throughout that record dude thank i just you. get We're stoked working. about it you know like like on kicking uh kick and bounce like a minute yeah. in when the vocal comes in and then it like really leans in with all the vocal attitude that shit is nasty like Yeah, just so many cool moments on the record, man. 
Dude, thank you. I, we've all we've done this year is put out singles. Yeah. And um, it's been fun. Um, I think our song "Broke" is expensive. It's like really sounds like us live. Like that's maybe the closest we've ever come. Um, is that one? But I do miss the just the fun of putting together a collection of songs and like one title and ordering them like mixtape three is definitely coming we have more than enough of songs that are 85 percent done for that but we're just gonna I th- we got a couple things in the works trying to figure out a way to put put it out really well so i think maybe it's singles still but we'll do one or two more singles and then we'll put out another record yeah dude i appreciate the fuck out of all the singles that have been put out too i just really uh really appreciated the seamlessness i guess of of mixtape too yeah dude i you know i um yeah we're still really proud of that one i can't wait to i love the, i just love putting music together and how it changes how each song sounds based on what was before it, what comes after yeah i just still love that shit and i know the last two things that have come out that you guys have put out have actually been stuff you've collaborated with a couple different artists on so yeah let's talk about diving into that sort of collaboration we we actually met um the first one uh shook it's with uh blair is we actually met him at the george floyd protest when we were playing drums we were like literally met through like we were apart from each other in this huge crowd and and me and ben were playing the drums and he was chanting and we just kind of kept like getting closer and closer because we could like hear each other and we're like, oh shit, like that dude sounds fucking good. He was and incredible. Just kinda, he, like, was, he was incredible. Oh yeah. And we started moving closer to him and then he just like saw us and he like pointed and he was just, like waved us over. And we were just like, he was in this like beautiful vintage VW Beetle with like a dope neon hat <laughs> and like standing up with this huge megaphone and just chanting. And we were just and like, he's giving out, he's giving out, giving out flowers. It was like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Flowers. And it was that's really our, amazing. And we, so then we just, yeah, we exactly. Like so we just kind of found each other through sound at these protests and then like marched for miles together and then this protest split up. We didn't like get anyone's contact info. We went back like a couple days later and saw him again. And Nick was like, Ben, we heard guy him again. With- we heard him again. That's right. We heard, <laughs> we heard him, him again from down the street. We're like, we know that's him. That Nick was like, him. Ben, it's that guy with the hat. And so then we we rolled up on him and like, we're just like a really good once again to protest together. And it's just become our like dear, dear friend uh, named Blair. We see him like, I think he's coming over later tonight, actually. Um, and we like, he's just an incredible rapper. He's, uh, he's so good with words in every way. It's, it's, it's wild to see. Like, and, uh, up, like, can freestyle straight up, put on a beat and he'll just go for like 10 minutes and it and all makes sense. And it's hilarious. And, brilliant and like yeah it's great so nick had this beat line around and um what was it called the first it's called east of summer east of summer right and then we sent it to blair and he just recorded on his iphone this verse and it was just like he sent it back and it was so fire we were like we have to make this a song and we worked out for a couple months and that became shook 
Yeah, I said it's crazy how my makeup mind comes up with all these similes and metaphors and people find it sick but not spitting. Need to wipe my ass cause on this beat I'm fucking shitting. Got these haters on my swag. I be like, who the fuck you kidding, jerk? You see the light her, she squirt. You can kick rocks. You don't want to get knocked out in the nail in the wooden boxes. Way down with a couple of 20 pounds in the blocks. Well, we take that wooden box and throw that shit off of the dock into the water. Lyrical slaughter. A word wizard like Harry Potter. The dog catch up with my subs, bro. Beats when I drive by, make the whole block block. Beats when I drive by, make the whole block block. But the lens that I'm switching in the gears that I'm shipping, jack cameras in the trunk could give a nigga blurred vision. Not kidding, the fucking bases in the speakers. It's absurd, like paraplegics with dirty sneakers. And that's where y'all niggas act like y'all ain't heard of it. hear the like something like that you know a track where maybe you guys just kind of produce or you know create the tunes for and feature somebody else on it and kind of get to hear what somebody else does with what you create i think because i feel i feel like you can still you know obviously shook has like a pretty heavy hip-hop influence to it but i think that with that track and the Can We Just track, you can still hear the Strange Hotels in it, even though you're hearing a, awesome. a different vocal on it. That's good. The Can We Just was with uh, our friend Dahlia, who uh, Nick met on Bumble. And, uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, she just became our dear friend. Do you guys want to uh, cut into uh, my, my Bumble sponsorship now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks to Bumble. If uh, yeah, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, she's a great singer and um, like just wrote a song and I don't know. It just the, the collaborations have been. We never collaborated before, and then all of a sudden we just had two collaborations. And I don't know, I don't know why that happened. It wasn't super intentional and it wasn't intentional to not have collaborations previously. It just kind of like, I don't know. Music has a funny way of doing that. It just like leads you in some directions. It just seems like the thing to do this fall. Yeah. Or last fall. Whatever time. I can't tell time anymore. <laughs> so with Can We Just, is that a song that you guys wrote 
front to back and then she just no, sang on it or was she, it like a... she she wrote it front, okay like she wrote all the melody lyrics and chords okay and then she was just playing it on acoustic guitar and we like heard the song and we were talking about it like oh man this would be cool to do this on like kind of like an amy winehouse vibe hmm. like kind of neo yeah. soul and so ben worked out the chords on the piano um and we figured out the tempo and then basically like built this entire bed track and then she came in like oh wow there's all the chords to my song and the rhythm and everything and like sang over it oh yeah and then we kind of like dialed in the rest of the arrangement after she sang so that we could have like the vocals to like work around yeah we, it was pre- it was pretty classic like producing it's just like Someone else wrote lyrics and melody, and then you do all the studio instruments. So it's fun. I, we've, I've never done anything quite like that before. Does it make you guys want to do more of that type of work? Yeah, for sure. If it's the right songs and the right people, definitely. I'm super open to it. Um, it also made us stoked to get back to work on our own stuff, too. That makes so, sense. Um, yeah, dude, I should send you some of the new... I'll send you some of the new demos. Our music definitely got darker. Like, <laughs> it's pretty dark. Pretty vivid anti-capitalism in like every song now. And not even trying. I mean, I think that was kind of the case in some of the earlier tracks, but now it's a little more, it's a little more vitriol. <laughs> <laughs> like definitely. I used to write more stuff like that. And then Nick just now writes way more hardcore songs about that than I do. All behind a vibe. Totally. <laughs> totally. No, it's it's uh, rad to see uh yeah, you guys yeah, kind of flexing your producer skills in different ways with those collaborations, I think, just cuz you guys are both such good musicians and songwriters, so I think Thank that you. that's uh yeah, it's just another interesting part of the scope, I think, to have. And I would assume opens up your guys' ears to different things and makes you think about how you make music in some ways as well. Working with different people and seeing like what their process is and what they add to something. Right. Yeah, dude, totally. It is really different because when, when you add parts to someone else's song, it's like, at least for me, when I create like like the the original inspiration for idea a lot of times is like melody lyrics and a couple parts and like if it's an idea i pursue those things don't get in the way of each other because that's why it's an idea that it's like you remember the next day because there's something that sort of fits about it but when you're making when you're playing on someone else's stuff you're really trying to not get in the way of their original idea more and i think there's a little more like you just listen differently it's, it's more like, oh, does like, you know, I don't have the original sort of like onus of this song in my head the way someone who actually wrote it did. So like, am I distracting from what's cool about this idea? Um, and You're trying to retrofit your part. <laughs> right. Mm. Nice little carpenter reference there. <laughs> <laughs> Next well, a carpenter on the side, everyone. <laughs> i wish dude i thought about that in like my like 
good feelings about myself. I was like, well, I could just be a carpenter. I was like, man, I'm I'm not good enough at that at all. <laughs> You're definitely I don't know anything not. about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm lazy and like don't look stuff up enough and don't, don't take direction. Do don't yeah. take direction. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, but I do know retrofit. <laughs> he, he's just been dying to say retrofit this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, um, there's been a lot of joking, a lot of humor to survive through this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, Not like mocking. I'm sure if you went back and like compared this podcast to the last one i'm sure we sound so much sadder and and like and crazier this time around <laughs> like i bet you last time we were just so just yeah everything's bubbling like the world's my fucking oyster yeah and now yeah it's okay i think you know check back in for the third podcast too we'll probably hopefully we'll be back up on that high horse <laughs> they're gonna be like everybody's gonna be like whoa man la changed them yeah, <laughs> LA really changed them. Right, so, somebody's already said that to me from Portland. <laughs> That's like, I, moved. <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> it's like, what about the horrible man-eating plague and the resulting economic collapse? Like that—that that changed me <laughs> yeah. more than LA did. <laughs> there were other things at play, man. I'd already been to LA a bunch before. I'd never been there before. <laughs> yeah. Someone just texted us that they're trying to sell an NFT. So, you know, everyone's getting into that now. And um, uh, he's trying to. I don't know what know? an NFT is. Okay. I, I, I'm going to explain and I'm going to do a bad job because I don't think I know. But it's basically like an NFT is a, it's like a crypto version of a original art piece. So it oh, creates yes. A, yes. Right. So it creates a unique thing like a cryptocurrency or like a Bitcoin, but it's right. like a piece of art and uh, rich people apparently are buying them up like hotcakes. Yes. I heard about this. And so some, this dude just sent us an NFT and he just used our song without asking. So we'll see. Hopefully he and, just can... and now, <laughs> now I just asked him if he was going to be selling it. And he just replied. Yup. <laughs> just, like, just like, okay. Was so... your follow up? Are you going to pay us? <laughs> we're gonna have to follow up after this podcast <laughs> to be continued uh, but, we'll have a bonus yeah, episode actually, on the on the lawsuit <laughs> the ensuing lawsuit totally on this episode of that's <laughs> this is totally an la thing i mean like actually it's really funny we're talking about probably us. go as cap this shit right now <laughs> i was <laughs> it's Getting funny uh feeling hey just keep it down okay <laughs> might, he, it'd be really easy for him to figure out that we're talking about him if you listen to this podcast <laughs> he's never gonna uh but yeah speaking of la changing us we're now apparently we're in the nft game so well get in where you can you know mm -hmm. get paid so you can keep cooking up those uh those tracks whenever those like early money making ideas come around i'm always like oh man, I should really just, and then that's about as far as I get. And then I just kind of like, eh. and then like <laughs> three years later, it's like, oh shit, I really should have done that. Yeah. So maybe I'll learn my lesson. <laughs> I could have got in on some Bitcoin a while ago. Whatever. Yeah, shit. I bought some, I bought a dollar worth of Bitcoin in 
and it was like three or four years ago and now it's like five bucks i was just like fuck <laughs> i just put some of that sweet lift money into it yeah man it was a hard sell at that time <laughs> it was I feel like you really had to have that extra cash to to want to be like i might never see this again totally yeah that's true you were really rolling in it when you were driving for lift three days a week too <laughs> yeah did you guys make the video for no television yourselves um we made it with um a really great friend of mine in portland who i i've done um freelance like um photo assistant work for years and i worked at the studio called polaris studio shouts out polaris studio on uh, hawthorne and six in southeast portland and um kind of called in a few favors he's been into my music for a little while and he just like really really did us a big solid by like concepting creating a really cool music video for us and shooting it and we shot half of it before we left for la and then we shot the other half about a year later which was like october 2020 i went up there and finished my part so it took like a year to make it basically yeah dude because cool it came out Dude, super yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was like, you know, I have a green screen face and the whole thing. So I had to paint my face green for about five days of shooting. <laughs> like entirely, too. It couldn't be anything. It was like, had to be dense, uh, which was pretty fun. It's like playing dress up. He looked like Shrek. <laughs> Thanks. He didn't look as good as 1-900-Nick. No, I didn't. <laughs> I never, I never will. <laughs> it's not feasible. I want to close out with uh, the other thing that happened like right after we had that initial conversation is you guys got that opportunity to open for Billie Eilish at Crystal. Is that the most hyped crowd you've ever yeah, gotten it was up to play there. to? Yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like, I played to lots of people before, but that was a lot of like 14 year olds and younger. So they were going crazy. I mean, it's just a different game with, with children. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you like a quarter of those people was like their first show they've ever seen. Yeah, or more. Yeah, yeah or more. It, it was, it was pandemonium for sure. Uh, there's a sweet video of it. You can even see like there's a bunch of crowd shots in a, we recorded our song Jackknife, and uh, you can see how young and like insane and happy everybody is. Yes, definitely. Check it was out, special. Check out the Jackknife video. Also, the Ambient Dreams uh, live from that show. You guys put that out last yeah, yeah, year yeah. as well. That that was actually um, a year later at the Crystal Ballroom. That was after we moved to LA. Okay. And that that's opening for Catfish in the Bottle. Okay. Uh, not as cool as Billy Eilish, though they were they were sick dudes.
bring it back now, bring it back. It's broken anyway. Don't put it down, don't put it down now. Don't put it down, don't put it down now. Don't put it down, don't put it down. It wasn't meant for the ground. Uh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to Chris Martel. Super good dude. Um, yeah, stoked I got to catch up with you guys. I'm glad that you uh, are finding ways to keep your head above water and that dude. you haven't killed each other yet and that you still want to make sweet music together because I think you guys are uh, making some really amazing music and people should definitely check out everything that there is to check out. There's, there's plenty dude. of it at this point and uh sounds like you guys are in the in the midst of making more Dude, thank you dan like this really is the kind of stuff that. this is the kind of stuff that keeps um that keeps us going and like so appreciate you giving a platform to bands all over the place and really doing your homework and listening to your bands and it's just like yeah you please keep going too it's like it's really nice to talk to you appreciate it and uh yeah likewise yeah it's it's definitely inspiring to to watch you too and like what you're doing and uh it's uh it's cool to just get to see it kind of uh start from the beginning and see where it's at now just like even a few years later because you guys are still like pretty this this project isn't that old yet it's pretty early on so it's it's just kind of been exciting to like watch what you guys have uh how you've developed as as producers for sure so thanks brother yeah thanks a lot be well um and uh you gotta send us out with a a, it's a program to properly end the podcast the strange Uh, hotels it's a program again together sure let's do it together one two three it's, it's a, a program, program. <laughs> they nailed it everybody that's strange hotels and uh we're gonna play it out with uh close enough this is one of my favorite jams from strange hotels thank you guys so much it was uh it was nice thank to catch so up much, with man. you Thanks, hang in there and uh that's the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side portland or wherever you're listening from
want to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh, the link in my instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned <laughs> 